Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. In this episode, we're talking about how to convert an IRA to a Roth IRA without getting eaten alive by income taxes. Are you familiar with Roth IRAs? If you're not, you should be, because Roths are a great way to get tax-free income after you retire. There is a potential fly in the ointment, however. Namely, not everyone qualifies for a Roth. If you make too much money, Uncle Sam says you can't contribute. But there's a way around that rule. You can fund a regular retirement account and then roll it over to a Roth. It's called a backdoor Roth. Sounds sneaky, right? Well, let's find out if you should do it, and if so, how you should go about it. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hey, Stacy. I'm super excited about this because I haven't been able to contribute to a Roth IRA for several years, so I'm ready to get my conversion on. I have never contributed to a Roth IRA. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer, novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hello, Aaron. Hey, hello, everybody. And this week, we've got one of our favorite guests, the friend of the podcast, Ed Slot, founder of IRAhelp.com. Hello, Ed. Hello, and welcome. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to have you. And Ed is going to tell us how and why a Roth conversion is his number one tax tip for the year. I didn't even, I read this, I read the script before we got on the air, but I didn't realize number one tax tip for the year, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been number one tax tip since uh, Roths came out in 1998. You know, if you want to keep more of your hard-earned money, you don't want to share it with the government. I mean, that's so obvious. Why would you create an account where Uncle Sam is a partner? Most people don't realize this, but your IRA is an IOU to the IRS. Why would <laughs> like you that. build on that? Well, and I don't have a Roth. You just heard me say that, Ed. So we're going to find out what I'm doing wrong and how I can re remedy it. Before we start the podcast, folks, a couple things. Number one, we're not giving you financial advice here. So make sure you do your own research, consult your own experts before you acting on anything that you may hear on this podcast. In other words, don't sue us. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, I, I have some construction going on here at my st home studio. So if you hear some noise in the background, deal with it. There's nothing I can do about it. Okay, let's dive on in. So Ed, first of all, Ed, let's, let's get a little background for people who may not be that familiar. Real quickly, what's a Roth IRA? It's a tax-free retirement savings account. And I love tax-free. And, you know, you see people on TV giving financial advice. Not me, but uh, they're so wishy-washy. They never give you a straight answer, especially when they go on these programs with other experts. They always use all these weaselly words. Well, could be, probably, should be, maybe, generally, it depends. I can never give you a straight answer. There are certain what I call my always rules that are always true, non-negotiable. And one, the main one, if you want to have more money, is that anything tax-free is always better than taxable. Well, you say tax-free now. Okay, what, what's the difference between a Roth IRA and a regular IRA? All right, Roth IRA, you put the money in, you don't get a tax break up front, but when you take it out, if you follow the rules in retirement, all of those gains are income tax-free for the rest of your life. And even, even under the new tax rules and the SECURE Act, for 10 years beyond that to your beneficiaries, income tax-free. You don't have to share it with the government anymore. All of those gains are tax-free forever, as opposed to what most people do. They keep going the old, terrible ways of trying to get a tax deduction up front, which is worthless. And then you pay it all back and then some to Uncle Sam just when you need it the most in retirement, when you want to maximize your income and minimize your taxes. 
Well, by the way, you've said that this is a low tax climate, Ren, right now. What makes this low tax? I mean, are taxes high? No, tax. everybody thinks, you know what? If taxes were zero, people would say it's too high. I want them to pay me money to live. <laughs> You know, whatever it is, people always complain about taxes. I say either complain about it or do something about it. And now we can do something about it, at least for the next three years or so, including this year, because historically we're in the lowest tax rates you will ever see in your lifetime. You don't realize it because you're paying taxes. But just to give you a frame of reference... The years, lots of uh, many of you listening, baby boomers like me were born. Those were the years 1946 through 1964. That's me. Now, you may not recall this, neither do I, but I looked it up. The top federal tax rate for each of those years, 1946 through 1964, exceeded 90, 90%, 90%, except for the last year. That's when the 1964. That's when the Beatles came to America, and I don't know if this part's true, but I think everybody was so happy uh, that uh, the, the, the Congress rolled back the top federal tax rate that year all the way down to only 77%, and the whole country did a happy dance because rates were so low at 77%. And there it stayed until Reagan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I mean, we are in the... the 77 is more than double today's top rate. The time to strike is when rates are low right now, and they are going to stay low thanks to the low tax rates and inflation. Now, everybody talks about inflation causing prices to rise. That's true. But when it comes to taxes, inflation is great. It expands the brackets. The rates are the same, but now you can push more income into these lower rates the bottom line is you keep more of your hard-earned money. This is the time to strike. And by a strike, I mean take advantage of low rates. It's like buying a stock. That's what you're doing when you're converting to a Roth. That's what we're talking about. Is It's a bet. Do you think your tax rates will be higher in retirement? If so, get, them, get that tax paid now. Get the money in a Roth you're getting taxes on sale. But why would my tax rate be higher? In, okay, you're saying tax rates are going to go up. All right. Stop with the logic. That's the problem. <laughs> I, get, I get that question all the time from consumers. They ask the same question you ask, Stacey. How could my tax rates be higher in retirement? After all, logically, and that's where the problem is with logic, uh, I don't have a job anymore. I'm in retirement. My tax rates should be lower. So right. Right. In fact, I'll tell you a story. A few years back when I was doing more tax work with clients, I remember I, I was doing the tax return for one of my clients his first year of full retirement. And when I gave him the return, he said, how could this be? My, my income's higher than my best working years ever. How could this be? I said, "The e easy. The answer is because you never listen to me. All those years... <laughs> I told you, convert to a Roth, convert to a Roth. You said, no, I'll be in low rates in retirement. So his IRA grew and grew and grew. And yes, he had no wages or self-employment or business income, but his IRA grew so large because he never did anything about it that his RMDs, required minimum distributions, which you're forced to take out of an IRA, not from a Roth, but from a traditional IRA, actually exceeded 
what his best earnings years were from his job. And that's on the income side. On the deduction side, most people in retirement no longer have any tax benefits or credits for dependent children. They no longer have mortgages, most of them on their homes, so they don't get that deduction. They don't get a deduction for contributing to a 401k because they're no longer working. And on top of that, most of them are taking the standard deduction since it was increased over 90%. So income is higher and deductions are lower equals higher income in retirement when logically you would think, wouldn't I have lower income in retirement? Yeah, I remember one of the first things my tax, my, my first tax class, my first professor said, yeah, you may pay more tax uh, when you're retired, but remember, in the long run, we're all dead. <laughs> so the more you could postpone paying taxes, the better off you are. You know, so, so my point is this, Ed, I'm making a lot of money now and I'm desperate for With a tax write-off. Podcast? What's that? I'm just joking. You said I'm making a lot of money now. Oh, no, said, not in this podcast. Not in this. This is a labor of love. This is a write-off. Okay, but but what? But what's going to happen? You know, what? I'm desperate for write-off every year, right? I mean, I need a write-off. I, I contribute the max I can to. I actually have a solo four hundred one k. Everything wrong. Oh boy. Oh boy. You're doing everything wrong. You're hurting my be, This is going to be like the Stacy therapy session. Stacy needs to get his IRA like back in line. Let's have some therapy for. Let's have some money therapy for Stacy. Yeah, he needs a couch. Let me tell you why you're doing everything wrong. You're saying I want write-offs. I'm doing everything, maximizing 401k. All you're doing is maximizing the eventual debt you will owe right back to the IRS. That's like having a mortgage and say, you know what, I'm doing everything to raise that mortgage amount. I want to owe the bank the most. <laughs> you know why? Because deductions are not worth anything when tax rates are low like they are now. When tax rates are low, you want to push out income through. You want deduction when rates are high. Rates may be much higher in the future. Now, deductions won't pay. Well, that may make sense, but... I, and actually, what you've said does make sense. Let's, and by the way, I want to recap for people who may not be as conversant with this topic. When you when you put money into an IRA or 401k, a traditional one, you're getting a tax write-off. When you're putting it into a Roth, you're not getting a tax write-off. But when you take money out of those traditionals, you're paying income on that on, on the on anything you take out. And when you have a Roth, you're not. Okay, just to make sure, I want to make sure everybody, we're all on the same well, page here. Let me here put so it continue. another way. Okay, Every go ahead. Every time you take a deduction, Stacy, you're taking a loan from the government. That's all a deduction is when it comes to IRAs and 401ks. It's a loan from the government. So get your more, more money up front that has to be paid back at some future date, just when you'll need the money most in retirement. Yeah, but I'm, I'm paying almost 40% in income taxes. Yeah, but at some point you may be paying 50, 60, or 70% given our debt and deficit levels. The whole country is running on a credit card. Look what's been going on with this debt crisis and all of this stuff. I mean, you know, look at the way our country pays our bills now. You know, the whole point to make it simple with this debt thing is we've already uh, incurred this debt as a nation. And then Congress goes to vote on whether we should pay our bills. Imagine if you did this, that with your family. Let's say you went out to a nice restaurant for dinner, brought the whole family, right? And then you had the nice dinner, and then the check comes. Do you go around with your family at the table say, who who votes for who thinks we should pay the bill? Or should we dine and dash? 
Yeah, well, you're, no argument there. I mean, the whole debt ceiling thing was a ridiculous farce, and, and I'm sure it will occur again one day. I know, day. but all it's saying is at some point they have to bring in revenue, and the only people it's going to come from is from the sorry suckers who are left in the soup that have money that has not yet been taxed. And most people building IRAs and 401ks, they are the low-hanging fruit. They're going to be the target for Congress because they have the most money that has yet to be taxed. That's why you want to move it to tax-free territory, because when rates go up, and at some point, the, I believe the math has to kick in, when rates go up, anything tax-free, like a Roth IRA, will be immediately more valuable because you keep 100% of your gains. However, however, I'm going to challenge you on this, though, because we're going back to Reagan. Okay, tax rates were 77%. Reagan brought him down. Okay, that's 50 years ago. Tax rates are lower now. I mean, this, the deficit has been ballooning. And, and there's a huge argument to be made that taxes must go up because we can't keep afford, we can't afford to keep building this debt. But it ain't happening. They're lowering taxes. My taxes are lower now than they were five years ago. Way lower. Now's the time to strike. At some point, it can't get... Do you actually... Does anybody actually think your taxes will go lower in the future? We're at the rock-bottom lowest they've ever been. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but there's certainly... Exactly. Well, there's... But doesn't that belie the point you just made? Our, our, our deficit has been ballooning. But his point is, his point is, his point is, at some point, somebody is going to stop this. And he says, that, you know, what we're saying is, is the taxes are the lowest they've ever been now. So now is the time to strike. Don't take his side, Miranda. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what he's saying. I think he's making a point. I know what he's saying. I hear Let's it. Let's go back to kindergarten in musical chairs. What happens when the music stops? Yeah, well, yes, but we, I may be dead when the music stops, Ed. But maybe our listeners won't be, Stacy. So maybe we should help, maybe we should help them out. Oh, I forgot we had listeners. <laughs> okay, guys, you know what? You We're may halfway be dead, but I won't be. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what would I care? I'll be dead. Okay. So listen, listen, listen. We're going to take. Yeah, a quick... but at some point, as you live, remember, once you hit age seventy three, which is the age now that you're forced to take that money out. Then it's out of your control. You want to be in control of your tax rates. That's what you can do with a Roth. You can control how much tax you pay. Once you hit age 73, where required minimum distributions begin, those RMDs, then you're forced to take out an amount even if you don't need it. And that could dramatically increase your income. Even if you don't need the money, you have to take it. You have to add it to your income. It will increase your tax bill. And it will increase the taxes you pay on other items of income, like Social Security, your Medicare surcharges, everything that they start falling like dominoes just when you're in retirement. We're hoping to keep more of your money. I'll tell you what, you convinced me. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from this break, I'm gonna, you're going to have to explain to me how I can get a Roth because my income's too high and Uncle Sam won't let me have one. Okay, so when we again, get... you're thinking too small. I'll have I'll leave that. We got to go big here. I'll leave that. Okay, for the commercial. okay, folks, hold on. We're gonna. You thought you thought this was gonna be a boring podcast, didn't you, folks? It never is when we got out on the line. Hold on one sec. Right after this break, we're gonna talk about how we can get into a Roth. We'll be right back after this. Okay, so we are back. Now I can't do a Roth because my income is too high. 
Uh, and that, by the way, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, $228,000 for a joint return. And that's that's adjusted gross income, right? Two twenty-eight. Who cares? You're, you're thinking too small. I'm okay. not talking about Roth contributions. That's small-time chump change. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying talking... I can't open a Roth, but I can do a backdoor Roth, right? No, nah, that's chump change, too. Boy, i got to get you thinking big. These are limited to what, sixty five hundred, or if you're fifty or over seventy five hundred yeah, a year. Yeah, something like that. With the conversions, you can convert hundreds of thousands of dollars at one shot. Of course, you have to pay the tax, but if you get the taxes on sale, you will have more at the end of the game. Plus, you will have reduced your income tax bill for the rest of your life because Roth IRAs, once you have them, do not have lifetime RMDs required distributions. So any monies you accumulate will grow income tax-free. If you need the money in retirement, it's tax-free, but you're never forced to take it out. This is how you get your plan, not the government plan. Okay. Now, okay, how, how do I physically do this? Okay. Uh, right, how do you convert? How do I, yeah, how do I physically convert? I've got, I've got, I've got a 401k. Okay. How do I, how do I turn that into a Roth? Well, if you have an IRA, a 401k, you can transfer it or roll it over to a Roth and you pay tax on the amount you convert from your IRA to a Roth. And I'm not saying do everything, but maybe use the tax brackets, these incredibly low brackets and rates we have now to do a series. Think long term, do a series of smaller annual conversions over time. So over time, you're taking down that large IRA and building up tax free. The goal is in retirement to not have to be forced to pay tax on money because every dollar means more. What's the max Stacy can do annually? What's the max you can convert annually? A, a gazillion dollars. Yeah, there is no wow. max. Wow, wow. Well, you know I mean, whatever I you have in your 401k or your IRA is the max. By the way, you know where I got that gajillion if you're a TV, uh, a TV old-time TV uh, trivia. You know where I got the term a gajillion dollars? Uh, married with children. When Al Bundy uh, faked the injury and he went to court and the judge said, asked him, how much are you suing for? He said a gajillion dollars. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But OK, I'm, I'm not, I want to beat this. This horse is already dead, but let me beat it one more time. I'm in a 40 percent tax bracket. And that's a little exaggeration. It's more like 39, I guess. But no, if you add state tax, it could it could be more. I live in Florida, so I don't have state tax. Oh uh, no, then it can't be more. But anyway, okay. Now, uh, when when I when I'm in retirement, if if rates have not changed, the the highest rate is still thirty seven plus the two whatever call it forty. Um, then uh, and I and now I've got to take when when you have to start taking RMDs, you generally and this is a very very uh, basic rule of thumb, but I'm going to have to take out around five percent. Okay. So in okay. order now in order now to to get the tax to get to the tax bracket I'm in forty percent I have to make over four hundred thousand dollars okay so that means that in, to be in the same place I'd have and I'm taking out five percent I'd have to have eight million dollars in an IRA to pay uh, to have four hundred thousand dollars of income do you understand the analogy I'm making I know what you're saying let me th throw it another you got to think longer term you got to think bigger and longer term. Uh, Stacy, I, I don't know if you give out personal information, but are you married? I am. 
all right, do you care about your wife? Because you said, I don't care about myself, I'll be dead. But do you care about what happens to your wife after you're, you're dead? She's, she, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say anything I want. But yes, I do care <laughs> about my wife. Let's assume you care, because I, you, I, you I do care about to think you're a nice guy, okay? Let's assume you care. This is something almost nobody considers. I call it the widow's penalty. Most people, married couples, leave everything to each other when they die, which is correct. That's what most people want to provide for their spouse. But here's the thing. Once you die, say you die first, your wife will generally inherit everything you had together. So once you die, her income, maybe other than the adjustment in Social Security, will be the same income you had when you were together, both alive. But now she's got all of that income, including your RMDs, because you never did anything about them, including your RMDs. As a single filer, now her rates go through the roof for the rest of her life because you never did anything. Ed, Ed she has a boyfriend. I don't care if she all has right, to pay taxes. Well, all mean, right, that's up to you. I'm just Wait, saying, wait, wait, wait. Stacey, your, your wife has a boyfriend? Well, she will when I'm dead. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I think she will right now after this podcast. <laughs> But I told her, I told her I'm going to, uh, my wife is way younger than me, Ed. She's she's 44, I'm 67. She's anyway, my age. Uh, yes, I've always said uh, that I'm going to do the freezing, what's it called, cryogenics? Because I've said to her- Cryogenics. Cry, cry, yeah, that. Uh, I, I said, I know it may not work, but I want you to know it's possible that one day I'll knock on your door when you're with your, when you're with your new boyfriend. So you, you're ever going to know, I could come back. I don't know. They tried it with Ted Williams, and they froze his head. Yeah. Well, that's cheaper. You can you can do your head for like a hundred grand. You do your whole body; it's like two hundred fifty. Although yeah, it may, but you don't may like to spend a lot of money. Maybe you'll just do a couple of fingers, <laughs> <laughs> just to knock on the door. Okay. So okay, I I think that you've beaten me to a pulp on this topic. But I I gotta say though, Ed, for real, it is very difficult when you're paying a lot of income tax to pay even more. You know, you want to know something that's great. Now, I did this years ago. I told everybody to do it back in 2010. You know, before 2010, you could not convert to a Roth because there was an income limit. If you made more than 100000 you couldn't convert to a Roth. Uh, then they eliminated that income limit and they got a flood of money from people like me. I begged everybody. I said, take that deal. It was the deal of the century. That year, 2010, I converted everything. And guess how much tax I paid on my Roth conversion in 2010? How much? Zero. How come? Because I took the deal they offered. I begged everybody to take that deal. Wait, you're saying you could you could convert with no tax? Yeah, in 2010 you could. You're kidding. Yeah. Well, see, now oh, there's... Yeah. Now you... uh, here, was the, here was the deal. If you convert in 2010, because Congress was so desperate for money, and they got the money from a lot of the people who were boxed out, you know, iced out because of the limits before, like me, uh, if you converted in 2010, you could convert every as much as you want. I converted everything, no tax. Oh, my God. I wish I'd done that. You paid half in 2011 and half in 2012. Oh, oh the, okay, yeah. In other yeah. words, the government gave you an interest-free loan to build a tax-free savings account. I thought you were now, saying there was no was tax at all. 10. I didn't know, of course, about the market, but all of those gains now from 2010 to right now, Think about that. All yeah. of those gains I have in my Roth are totally income tax-free for the rest of my life. I never have to take the money out. 
It'll go to my beneficiaries for 10 years after death. All of that accumulation tax-free. Yes, you pay some money up front, but it's something to see your Roth IRA statements grow knowing it's 100% for you. You remove the uncertainty of what future higher taxes could do to your standard of living in retirement. But actually, taxes have probably gone down since 2010. But look, no, I'm talking about the market went up like... No, I got I understood what you meant. Okay, yeah. so I think... But I think what we need to do here for folks who, who can't time travel back to 2010 uh, is, is remember that you can... You don't have to convert your entire Roth at right. one time. You can step that. And so a lot of people I know do... They call them like Roth conversion ladders. It's not an exact yeah, like, good analogy. Yeah, I said that analogy. before. You do a, a yeah. series of smaller annual yes, conversions exactly. over time to build up... Stay within your low brackets and get taxes on sale. Everybody likes a sale, but when it comes to the taxes, nobody likes it. So yeah, so I think I think that's something really important to to keep in mind and to to reiterate to folks is you can do this. You don't have to do it all at once. You can plan this out. Uh, sit down with a tax advisor. Sit down with somebody like Ed. Sit down. Sit down with your financial don't sit down planner. With me, I'm oh, out of that game. <laughs> oh, don't sit down with Ed. Skip Ed. Yeah. Forget Ed. No, you but but seriously, train. But seriously, like sit down and and kind of work it out. Look 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 at how you can uh, start taking those steps and doing it over time, and start planning that out now, so that uh, you can start making those conversions without having that massive tax bill today. Yeah, Miranda's right about that. What she just said is critically important. Always sit down with your tax or financial advisors because there's one thing we didn't mention yet about conversions. They're permanent. Once you convert, there's no backsees, no undoing, no do-overs. They changed that rule a few years back. Uh, once you convert, you will owe the income tax on the amount you converted, even if your financial situation changed later on. Uh, and the bill is still due later on when the tax bill comes. So what Miranda said is critically important. Have the conversation now with your advisor but work with your tax advisors, and I would never pull the trigger on a Roth conversion until late November or early December when you have a better estimate of what your true income would be for 2023 so you know what the conversion will cost you. Now, here's a question which is facetious, but maybe not. What, what about people who are really wealthy they're, and they're listening to this advice and they go, well, you know what? When I retire, I'm going to move to Cayman Islands. I'm not going to pay taxes at all. Yeah, good for them. I mean, that's but you could do that, right? I mean, it's not legal, I guess, but you could. I would never uh, look. I'm not in that category. I don't live on a yacht that flies, you know, sails around the world. Never has a. It reminds me of that. Uh, oh, I can't remember the. Fir, I think it's the firm, the, the movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes at the end with the uh, the mob guys, and yeah. he says, "Your stuff is on a, a ship that's sailing that never reaches a port." Yeah. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, most people don't live like that. But you can, Stacey. That, that is my plan. <laughs> yeah. Which will probably be... Never reach a port. Your money's always at sea. Maybe that's a good thing. And, I, uh, you I, I even would have say, to... we're getting near the end of our podcast, but I would have to say that if you and I were in a battle over whether or not to fund or convert to a Roth, you won. Hands down. And... I, but it's tax still free is always better. 
you know, uh, you know, we are so polarized. I don't have to tell you this as a country politically and all that. And I do seminars all over the country for consumers. One thing everybody agrees on, they want to pay less in tax, even if it means paying something now to keep more of their hard-earned money when they'll need it most in retirement. Everybody's in agreement that tax-free is always better. You keep 100% of your money. Is no obligation to overshare with Uncle Sam. And I don't know if you know this, he's not even your real uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, your logic is sound. You are correct. And, and I agree with you. And, I, and I, if I can find a way to write yet another giant check to Uncle Sam in order to convert, I will do so. But it but is you're getting painful. something for your money. You're getting retirement freedom. You're paying off a mortgage. Remember, this is it's not like you're paying money you don't have to. This is a bill that every day that goes by, just it's a mortgage on your retirement account that just goes up and up and up every day you go by. Uh, it's like paying off a mortgage. This money will, it's not if, but when will it have to be paid? And it will, the tax will be due. It's only a matter of when. So my feeling is if you can get it at rock bottom rates, always pay taxes when the rates are the lowest. You'll always end up with more money. And now we are done. And Ed, you're, you're like the best guest ever. We are out of time though, folks. We are never out of topic though. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich and not pay taxes, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. Okay, I threw in the part about not paying taxes. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And visit that at his website, irahelp.com, irahelp.com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing, if you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds, but it really helps us. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. Ed, thanks again for being here. I am Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. We're going to see you right here next time.